What about? <laughs> Welcome to Somewhat Decent Reviews, episode, what, seven? Seven. That's wild. No. Seven? I think it's right. seven, man. Here we are. Um, I was going to respond with a scat back, and I'm really <laughs> glad that my laugh interrupted us before I got there, because, <laughs> yeah, it was about to be real. We were about to experience a scat back, yeah. as we like to call it. <laughs> Um, we have a very special guest on this week's show that I'm so excited to introduce. Yeah. And her name is Kelsey. Hi. Hello. Hi, Kelsey. Welcome, Kelsey. We're excited to have you. Thank you very much. I'm um, so happy to be here. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Can we talk about our origin story on, on yes. the pod? Is that cool? Yes, please. I would love that more than anything. Well, it's our it's our parent trap. Origin it's our story. parent trap. That's true. Okay. Bean. Bean, Bean is your dog's Bean name. Bean Athena Jaffe is my dog's full. <laughs> anyone who really wanted Bean Athena. So I will honestly never forget this moment in my life. Like I was at that same do- at Irving Park, right? And yep. um I just hear someone scream, whose dog is this? <laughs> it's you yelling at like Mazzy. And I was like, oh my God, you must be Laura. Um, I've heard so much about you and I've heard so much about Bean. Um, and then that's when the sisters met Mary-Kate and Ashley. Mary-Kate and oh Ashley. Gosh. So did y'all like just have this conversation there at the dog park being like, wait, where did you get your dog? Like, we did, were, how did you find out you had sister dogs? So we were like having this conversation through a friend, people, a mutual, a mutual, <laughs> a mutual oh my friend. Cause I was, I was like, I was like, um, can you ask her if she got her dog in Vancouver from this Russian woman in the sketchy, like backyard, <laughs> like lawn prairie? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and then Laura's like, yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> And that's kind of wildly specific. So yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. The rest is history. We literally talk um, all the time about our dogs as our dogs to each other. (laughs) I feel like dogs are thinking and feeling. We have some history, um, some dog history. And um, (laughs) then Kelsey and I both went to, we both went to film school or we both like, we're we're really, yeah, we both went to film school. Yes. So you actually did something relevant with your college degree. (laughs) I mean, I guess you could say that. Like I was doing, I wanted to do screenwriting, um, but here I am. I used to like prep my Oscar winning director speech in the shower when I was in high school. <laughs> like shampoo bottle. No way. I would start crying. You went, went deep oh with God. that. You really yeah, went to those that. places. To- <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to be the first female director or to win an Oscar. And then I think Catherine Bigelow won something for a uh, You're like, dang it. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> fine. I'm giving up that dream. Dream to yeah. Whatever. Um, that's so wild. I feel like everybody has those things. Like I always wanted to be a Broadway actress. So I would always be practicing full-on performances with like choreography in the shower Amazing. and singing my parents would be like shut up <laughs> like get loud and I yeah and I <laughs> I always wanted to be a dancer or like professional dancer yeah growing up I would just uh choreograph dances in car rides like listening to my my Walkman with headphones oh, yeah. on and I would choreograph I don't know dance Amazing. performances that's adorable so, so you know, we all were weird kids. We Anyways. were. But Kelsey, yes. so you say you do you love film. You went to film yes. school. Fuck yeah. So have you seen any good films recently that you want to talk about? Not that was a obvious really good segue. segue. Wow. That's what we do every time there's a segue. Wow, 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 wow. Well, I would say that's what you do every time. I do I'm not quick enough or thoughtful <laughs> enough to make a good segue. Okay. <laughs> um 
Yeah. So I wanted to talk about the Batman, um, yes. which I've seen. I saw it a few weeks ago in theaters. It was probably, it felt like the longest movie I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> it, oh, and it, wow. in the audience, the crowd I was with, it seemed like everyone, everyone was taking bathroom breaks. Everyone mm-hmm. was like antsy in their seats. I, okay. Precursor. I mm-hmm. am a huge comic nerd. I fucking love comics. Batman is one of my favorite superheroes. And I really like the way they created Gotham City. It's so dark and it's, it was really uh, true to the comic nature of just like industrial, just, it was really good. It was good. What I wanted to compare it to was, I don't know if you guys have read like Watchmen, Mm -hmm. Batman, it reminded me a lot of his character, reminded me a lot of Rorschach. Yeah. Just like the like brooding nature, just like very internal monologue of uh, just vigilante kind of situation. Uh, do you feel like Batman is a fully fleshed out character though? <sighs> there's so like I know there's Bruce Wayne and there's Batman, right? That's what I love too, because it, what okay, and one thing I love that they brought into this whole thing is mental health. Because Batman is a fucked up guy. Like yeah, there's trauma. And, and they brought up how his mom, she was uh, institutionalized for a bit from her mental health. So clearly it, he definitely has some, some issues there. You've got this whole different moral compass or whatever. He's a nut. He's, he puts on a mask and he fights crime. Nothing, you know, normal about that. Yeah. How did you think our Pat did? We talked about him last week. Because our Pats, you mean our Pat? <laughs> Robert Pattinson. Okay, we need to Google. Google will win this because I think that we're. I think it's our Pats, not our Pat. I mean, I don't care. I can call him whatever I want. Oh, okay. You're making your own nickname. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to say somebody else's nickname. Okay. Makes more I'm sense. making my own up. Continue. Continue. Yeah. What did you think of our Pat and Sin? <laughs> you like that one best. I love Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. No matter what he does, I think he's an amazing actor. I think he's the most beautiful man. Yes. Yeah, um, <laughs> I loved him. I thought he was Whoa. a great Batman, but it's hard. Like it's hard to take him out of being Robert Pattinson for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, ah, fuck, like you're an amazing actor, but you're also like gorgeous Robert Pattinson. And I, right. mm-hmm. yeah, we I were talking him. about that. We talked about that last week, how sometimes there's people that get so in a role or just are such a persona on their own that or it's hard. So otherworldly beautiful yeah, to see them typecast in this like, I'm too beautiful to function role. Yeah. And one thing I didn't, so this is really awful, but I did not like Zoe Kravitz's character at all. Really? Oh. She's an amazing actress. Well, she was great in High Fidelity. Like she That's what nailed, we said. Yeah. She nailed that role. That's right? what we thought. So I, she wasn't given anything as Catwoman. I really? mean, okay. That's, she was just, it was kind of a boring character. Oh, maybe say. it was bad writing. Yeah, I think that's the case. And honestly, so there was this whole lead up to the fact that she might be queer and she had this roommate, this, I don't know if they were roommates or lovers, but there was this whole scene of them holding each other. And then, but this woman ends up going missing. Is this her lover? Because now she's making out with Batman. Like (laughs) it was a weird thing. Maybe Um, it was a commentary on polyamory. (laughs) <laughs> but without actually stating that <laughs> maybe have i lived in portland too long right okay so mm. question two questions yes would you recommend someone else see it 
too. Do you think that it's like a good movie because it's a cool movie or because it's like actually like a well-written, decent thing? Um, I would definitely recommend someone see it most likely or mostly so we could discuss it. <laughs> and I thought it was shot gore. It was beautiful. Like it was, mm. and the soundtrack was dope. I don't know if I would watch it again in theaters because it was so long. Maybe I'm just getting too old. I don't know. It's hard <laughs> to sit in a theater for a really yeah. long time for me too. I'm like right. a big, um, a multitasker type person. So unless I can be like <laughs> knitting or doing your fidget else, spinner. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, not going to be sitting in the movie theater, like ding, ding with my little fidget spinner. <laughs> That's so interesting. Cause it makes me antsy when I see people doing too many things at once. I'm just realizing, <laughs> but I do that all the time. Yeah. And when I'm like around people that are like doing five things at the same time, I'm like, Oh my God, can't like sit down, just sit down and like relax. Cause it makes you feel. Cause I'm yeah. elevated by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's internally how my brain works. It's just like a million different things at once, but I don't act on it. That's probably why I have anxiety. Um, <laughs> fun. Totally. Fun time. Love it. But anyways, yeah, it, it's got like this vibe. Like it reminded me a lot of Zodiac. If you've seen that, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And, like, like seven, the movie, like it's got that same kind of energy, really dark and like creepy. They really hone in on like Batman as a detective. Interesting. Cool. Huh. Well, sounds good. I want to see it. I definitely want to see it because it's like a Batman movie, you know, and that would be cool. But Kelsey's like, it fucks you up. And you're like, yeah, that sounds good. No, no, no. I I would definitely recommend it. Like, you should definitely see it, especially for Robert Pat. Our Pat. And I also didn't realize Colin Farrell plays the penguin. That's good transformations. It's insane. And not a few times, I think. That's rad. I had no idea. Anyways. Um, Molly, what did you well, watch? I was just going to ask you oh, what you watched uh, because wow. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> sounds funny. Um, I watched a, I watched an action movie. So this is called three, five, five. Jessica Chastain is the star. Diane Kruger, Penelope Cruz. There's like hella famous people in this movie. Somewhat similar to Batman in that it was a whodunit kind of like cop thing, but more at the spy level than the cop level. So that, you know, I feel like a lot of action movies nowadays, it's like, are they cops or are they spies? They're kind of both. Yeah. So this movie came out like, I think this year, I think it's a very recent, really recent movie. Um, It's got your like, you know, fight in a fish market or meat market scene. It's got your, uh, people running through alleyways knocking you know my biggest gripe with fucking action movies is that every single action movie has somebody running down an alleyway and like fucking knocking one trash can over and one trash can is not going to stop the people chasing you bro like you you gotta do at least like a row of trash cans and that would take you far too long to run away so anyways this movie had that it was uh yeah it's not good it's not good that's so sad yeah I love oh. Jessica Chastain. I loved I all the people in it. I was like, yeah. I could look and hear them, listen to them all day, but I was really excited about the cast and then bummer of a, an action movie. I think it, you just wanted to watch some YouTube videos of fight sequences. Like that's, that's fine. But wait, go for that. Go is for that three, really, five, five. is that really what this was? Like there was no real storyline. There was very, very, very little storyline. So it was literally just like, okay, are you it feeling was this, worked okay. up? Jessica watch Chastain. This and get anxious. Yeah. It was like Jessica Chastain was in, uh, you know, this, some spy agency and then Penelope Cruz is in another spy agency and um, Diane Kruger was in another spy agency and it's worldwide <laughs> spy agencies that are like fighting a crime and none, nobody knows who's responsible for it. 
the spy agency is responsible for something. And so obviously okay. the plot was fucking lost on me because I got that much out of it. And that was like after an hour of being into the movie and I was still confused. So, okay. So I think that this is like a solid don't recommend. Yeah, actually. I don't like <clears throat> I don't just recommend don't watch that. Cause that yeah. sounds rough. Yeah, no. Moving on. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'd love to talk about my, one of my movies. So this movie that I watched, you know, I'm going to be honest. I did not watch it this week, but I have seen it like a hundred times. So What's I feel the, we need a name for this. When we're reviewing Is it Harry Potter, Molly? <laughs> um, Kelsey, I've seen that a lot more than a hundred times. So... <laughs> Um, no, this movie is called The Hundred Foot Journey. Have either of you heard of it? Nope. No. Okay. So this is, it's like a feel good food movie. Okay. So this movie is basically, it was made in 2014. It's about this family um, and they live in India. It's an Indian family and they kind of run into a major personal tragedy and they decide to leave India and try and test their luck elsewhere. And in India, they had like a family restaurant and just were really known for making delicious food. And one of the sons, his name is Hassan. He kind of specifically is really drawn to food and, and really appreciates it in a different way. I think you run into people who work as a cook and they make food. And then you run into people who are chefs and they're passionately in love with food and they like have this deep relationship to it. And I think that's so beautiful. So that's kind of what this movie is. Um, Mm -hmm. So this family leaves India and they move to England and they're like trying to make food and make it work there. It's not working. And so they pack up their car with everything they have and they start driving and then their bus, their van breaks down in this little tiny town. Wow, this sounds like an action movie. No, it's not action at all. It's just, they're (laughs) just- So much happening. Well, it's like, it's not this fast. They just, their car breaks down in, in France and then they kind of just settle in this little town and they decide to open a restaurant across the street- spoiler, a hundred feet away from this French restaurant that has a Michelin star and is really amazing. So there's kind of a little competition between these restaurants and it's about, yeah, yeah, but it's mostly just about Hassan developing like a passion for food and learning and growing as a chef and like really tuning into that gift. And um, it's sweet. And Mm -hmm. I really liked this movie because it was, um, I think, Sometimes feel good movies will be like this, like stereotypical storyline where person, people meet, kind of fall in love, something tragic happens, they come back together, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's always like a lot of emphasis placed on the love story or the romance. And in this one, it really felt like the love story was between like Hassan and food and cooking and learning to do that craft and embrace the the marriage of his own culture and like his Indian heritage and the spices that are traditional from India with French cuisine or new things. So it was cool watching him do that. I highly recommend this movie. It's one of my favorite movies, honestly. Cool. So yeah, really, really good. Helen Moran is in it and we love her, you know, Wait, Helen Mirren, Helen Mirren. Yeah. I always say Moran. Oh, (laughs) you making her Irish. I don't think she's making her Irish. Yeah. I was going to say Helen Mirren's definitely not. Okay. Well, sorry, Helen. I'm sure she's listening. So she's probably really upset right now. God, she hates us. She hates us. Um, Um, So that was my movie. Yes. Laura. 
What else? <laughs> oh, wait. What? Here's one thing. One thing I'm stoked on that I just read. Whatever, man. I'm an Avatar kind of gal. I liked Avatar. Okay. And I'm stoked on Avatar too. Yeah. And so it just came out that Zoe Sal- uh, Saldana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she watched like the first 20 minutes of Avatar 2. And she said, it, she was like, prepare yourselves because it's going to be really fucking insane. Oh my God. Whoa. Supposedly heart wrenching. Um, oh my God. Okay. It's all gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah. I don't know if I'm ready for that. Everybody needs to, pre- you need to prepare yourself for Avatar 2 coming out. Yes. We're going to be reviewing it when it comes out for sure. So. Oh, absolutely. We'll all see it together. And oh my gosh. 3D. Bring the podcast. We'll live record it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, what are Bean and Massey going to do? We'll that? have like our computer in the speaker. <laughs> it's no problem. It's pretty dark oh, in the computer. I hope you guys can hear everything okay. Uh, speaking <laughs> of hearing things, Laura, did you listen to any good albums this week? Oh man, I did. Um, yeah, I uh, listened to Moto Mami mm. by Rosalia. Um, oh, I love her. Yeah, so... I love Rosalia too. And also it's very clear when you listen to this record and everything else she's made that she's like kind of a musical genius and her team too. But um, you can also tell that everything on her albums are like influences and little like cultural mashups. And I think that's both very important. And also I know that she has a lot of music that features artists that are like South American and Central American. And she's essentially white. Latinx because she's from Spain and she's making music that has music of the Latinx diaspora in it. Diaspora. (laughs) That's the word in it. And I'm just curious about that. I think about that right now a lot because it's coming up a lot in music. What do you think about, do you feel like that's kind of everybody samples music from every single culture all the time always, or is it like there's like a ethics to it? That's such a tricky question. Um, I mean, it comes to a point where it's like uh, celebrating that sample, exposing it to um, the more public, larger audience. Yeah. Larger audience. But then it also comes to a point where it's, am I kind of robbing this culture of this one specific, you know, just making money off of someone else's culture? Yeah. Is it appreciation or appropriation? Exactly. Like the thing that comes to mind with an artist. (laughs) Anyways, Anyways, I'm obviously very white. (laughs) I white white the name. I white the name. Uh, So yeah, I really liked this album. I mean, I love everything she makes. I always love her music Mm. and I would love to talk to a couple different Latinx artists. So yeah. if you are a Latinx artist and you happen upon this podcast, please share your thoughts yeah. on Rosalia's music. That is a really um, important thing to think about, I guess, just like in any art form, yeah. appropriation versus appreciation, especially mm-hmm. with music, like sampling. Mm-hmm. That's something that's so real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And sampled music has often come from POC cultures without their exactly. necessary approval. Yeah. Mm. And it also comes to a point where it's, you know, I'm paying for this uh, or to be able to sample this. Like, is that even enough? You know, is mm-hmm. that, yeah. I'm still appropriating off of that. Mm-hmm. But, one totally. one uh, question brings up many more. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. What are you guys listening to? Yeah. What did you listen to, Kelsey? I've been listening to a lot of um, Adrian Lanker from mm-hmm. Big Thief. They've yeah. been kind of depressed. Um, but anyways, I just discovered she, ha- she has a sides and b-sides albums that she wrote with buck meek Mm -hmm. and they're honestly like so heart-wrenching and Mm -hmm. a lot of it speaks to loss and heartache and 
abusive partnerships and relationships. And yeah, I'm just deep diving into that. Mm. Um, I think her songwriting is gorgeous and I love her her voice and wonderful artist. Yeah. She's a wonderful person. <laughs> What'd you listen to? So this, my? this week and pretty much actually every week, because they're one of my favorite bands um, of recent is Bonnie light horseman. Um, uh-huh. One of the faves. Kelsey, do you know them? I do not. Okay. So they're really good. So check out this, check out this band member list, right? So Bonnie light horseman is an American folk band comprised of Anais Mitchell. Wow. Yeah. So we all know who that is. I will, at least I do. And A.S. Mitchell is awesome. Eric D. Johnson, who is in the shins, Josh Ooh, Kaufman, wow. who is in the national and jo- and that. And so those three super people, group. it's like a super group. Yeah. We've got like the shins, the national and A.S. Mitchell, like making music together. We love that. So they started out in 2019, um, came out with an album in 2020. Um, what is this album called? I think it's a self-titled album called Bonnie Light Horseman. It is. Yeah. So what's kind of funny is their the band name is Bonnie Light Horseman. One of their hit songs is called Bonnie Light Horseman, and their album that they just came out with is Bonnie Light Horseman. So do not forget that that is what they're called. <laughs> they're really following all of the yeah, avenues they, to let you know. They're like, this is our what? name. Don't forget it. <laughs> so they're so good. And the song Bonnie Light Horseman is actually like an old war battle um I, and i war think ballad. like a war ballad about a big battle yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> war ballad i like them because i am as you'll know if you're an avid listener to the podcast i really like irish music ballads like that old stuff stuff from the 1800s and before there's we, a lot of like history in that we like the history music. stuff I so i'm gonna say you like war <laughs> i love war <laughs> I'm war hungry. If you knew me, if you know me, you know I love war. You know I love fighting. (laughs) Love a good war. Yeah. So, so a lot of their songs are just like really great. They're all ballads. They're so good. I really love the lyrics. They alternate um, different singers uh, on every song, but usually all three of them will work in harmonies and. It's it's pretty acoustic-y vibes. I think there might be a couple of instruments, but it's really mild, gentle, easy listening music. Super beautiful. So highly recommend Bonnie yeah. Light Horseman. Good harmonies. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> what do we think? Molly, do you um, want to introduce the premise of the TV show that I'm going to review? Oh, yeah, totally. Okay, so this is a show that Laura actually recommended to me. I think you've finished the season, right? No, there's only like two episodes that have come out. What? Yeah, it's 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 occurring occurring now. Okay, so this is a live review. <laughs> this is this is happening right now as we speak. We're only a couple you episodes in. You know, this is a funny thing that I feel like we have done a few times in this podcast. <laughs> I'm just going to call it out is that we air quotes review something that's like literally still happening. Yeah. We're like this show is amazing <laughs> and there is two episodes so have fun hopefully it holds up in the end because we've just reviewed it and we're obsessed or like we'll review a book and laurel will review a book and be like i'm 14 pages in <laughs> so i actually can't review it at all but it's good i feel like we'll also start talking about a now we're just roasting ourselves yeah um, we'll start talking about 
something that we're going to review and then we'll get into like a fucking philosophical discussion oh or God. a discussion about race with about it and then we won't talk about what it's actually about yeah no we won't actually review it people walk away being like i have no idea what that's about <laughs> but i'm guessing it has something to do with race because they certainly talked about it a lot <laughs> I'm going to give you a real brief premise because I think sometimes Laura struggles with concise descriptions about what shows are about. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and tell you Minx is the show Laura is about to review. And it is about this woman who opens or starts uh, and is the editor of the first kind of women's magazine that also is like a porn magazine, but with a lot of naked men in it. Setting the scene. Go for it, Laura. Yes. Actor, actors, Nick Johnson. Did I say that right? Johnson. It's Jack Johnson. <laughs> Nick Johnson, who we've talked about in the past because he was in the movie Ride the Eagle. So we're just big Nick Johnson fans, apparently. <laughs> Nick Jonas or Johnson? No. <laughs> Nick Johnson. He's from New Girl. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nick Johnson is great in this. He's, I think he plays a really good foil to the main character who's played by Ophelia Lovibond. I've never seen her or I don't recall. But she's good. She's good. Uh, she's plays a wealthy white lady who um, who's a feminist, uh, but also has had a family country club her whole life. Um, so yeah, she's interesting, uh, but he is like the opposite of her. He's like this kind of dingy, like erotic. He owns and publishing. is the publisher of seven or eight other porn, porn magazines, basically, yeah. that all feature women. So he gets a hold of her manuscript and he's like, dude, actually, like, I'm trying to figure out how to break into more female clientele because obviously my clientele is mostly men. I'm, he's like trying to figure out how to get more female clientele. So he thinks like, oh, maybe I'll make like an erotic magazine for women that has pictures of naked men, but it also has really cool articles about fuck the patriarchy, abortion access, like feminist topics. And it's just this cool empower women magazine. Yeah. Question. What, where is the streaming on? Are you on HBO. It's on HBO Max. Uh, so yeah, you got to pay the big boys if you want to watch this show, <laughs> all the shows that we're watching. Uh, or you could just hit me up. I'll give you my login, whatever. Going back to the show. Uh, yep. The show was, I think it's very good. I think it's, the humor is good. It's well-written, um, pretty well acted. And yeah, it's just funny. And it's set in the seventies. Like what more could you ask yeah, for? Yeah, it's fun. You Costumes know? are really fun. It's yeah. it's all, it looks really authentic. Um, one of my favorite scenes so far has been when their, their office is getting raided by the police mm-hmm. and they're, because it's like a porn industry magazine. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of used to being really targeted by the police and all the employees are just like sitting around like, yeah, it's just another raid. But our main girl comes in and she's like freaking out like, oh my God, she's losing her mind, yeah. losing her mind. And everybody's like trying to grab like rolls of film and stuff them in their underwear. So the police don't take them it's it's funny it's a good show it's it cracks you up yeah it's funny gets you so the podcast that i'm gonna review is called mediums has anybody ever heard of this podcast um no okay so it's good mediums basically every episode looks back at a different historical medium so and by medium when i say that i mean like psychics people who can commune with ghosts and people who've died in the afterlife so there's tons of different episodes Tons of, and, and they're always from like the past. So they're pretty kind of historical and they tell you really cool facts from history about what's going on. The one that I listened to is old, like the newest one, the most recent episode. And it's about this, uh, they call her the last witch of Scotland. And um, this hellish Nell is what they called her because she was known for 
she would do these big groups. So all these, this audience would come and she would like do a big group seance type thing and call up the dead. And, and she got really huge after World War II because obviously we had drafts all over the place and people were like losing their kids, you know, and their sons would just go, they would never talk to them again. They think they would come home or they would just die on the the battlefront. So a lot of like bereaved parents would be like, I want to talk to this medium to contact my son. But the crazy, the wild thing about her is that in her medium work, she was also predicting major military secrets, right? Because she's seeing how a lot of these soldiers are dying and they're dying on ships that the military hadn't announced had sunk yet. So because they were like, oh, we want to watch our backs. We like don't want the citizens to know that entire ship with 300, 400 men on it just sank because that's devastating. Mm. So they weren't like sharing this information, but she was sharing it because she was like, oh, I just got a medium message from a kid who was on that ship. And I, I don't know. It's wild also when you think about mediums, because I've also been like, I've been just watching other stuff about mediums too, but how I think a lot and everybody's different, but I think a lot of mediums, they will experience their gift in their body and they will have images of actually going through the experiences that the people that they're trying to connect with went through. So if they're having um, a vision of like, oh, this person that I'm communicating with died in a boat, then they'll feel in their body like cold or like they can't breathe or like they're drowning. And I was just thinking about how hard that is on people's bodies. Imagine being a medium and experiencing how all these other people perish. Yikes. Mm -hmm. I do that every day. (laughs) I literally am doing that right now. (laughs) I actually have, I mean, we've both been to an intuitor or a medium. I've, I've seen tarot readers who are also intuitives. Um, Some people use intuitives. Some people use mediums. There's all different names for it, but it is really something that I grew up with a parent who was very science brained and like right brained or whatever you want to call it. And was just like, not didn't believe in magic really. Um, and was very clear about that. And now after I saw a medium, she like wound up going to see hmm. that's a different medium, but she's seen now three mediums. So I think she's really changed as she's aged. And I feel like I was a lot more open in my early twenties. And I feel like now I'm a little bit more skeptical again. I go through waves in terms of like me embracing people having fucking magic or. I think it's all about what we define as magic, mm-hmm. right? Like, because I really do, I'm a very firm believer in intuition mm-hmm. and connecting down into the earth and to nature and whatever. I feel like I have had moments where I've been really in a super meditative space and like dropped into zones where I've like felt just wild clarity about things or feelings about things or my intuition spikes about something. I can't call it up on demand. Like I think a lot of intuitives or mediums psychics can do, but I'm like on board. Honestly, I'm on board. I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. I love it. I think it's cool. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent on board with that. I think, you know, there's a clear energy um, and like spikes in energy where you can pick up on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think everybody has that, especially in dangerous situations, people mm-hmm. not, people giving off horrible energy. Totally. Um, my, you know, my mom 
went to a medium when I was young and afterwards, well, she essentially, the medium connected with her, my grandfather who passed away, her father, we were listening back. So they recorded on a tape and we were listening back and my mom, it was just like this silent room that she was talking to this woman in, but you can hear whispering in the background of the tape. And we were just like, what is what? so strange, clear whispering and like talking and laughing of these like weird wispy spirit sounding laughs it's it was yeah 100 i mean watch any episode of freaking ghost hunters on the history channel and it is it's like a legit deal no when they have a video of somebody standing there and then a brick or something will just fly across the room with no person on either side i don't believe that that's just you don't think there was a pulley in there that they had it just happened to my mom too you do though laura i'm joking it was a joke it was a joke but also i don't believe it i've Freaking one hundred percent believe that shit was Wingardium Leviosa by a ghost. No, or the set product, the production design. <laughs> Why would they do that? No, no. Listen to the, so my friend actually, she went to a pet psychic, so she wanted to talk to this woman. This like. I don't know, famous like Milwaukee pet psychic. Wow, um, Milwaukee! What a place to be a pet psychic. I know. Lots of people have pets out there. Sure. <laughs> and she got this like really great feedback. Her dog's name is Bodie, and she was like does Bodhi understand how much I love him? Like, and how much he means to me in my life. And she was like, he wants you to know that he loves you. And he wants you to know it's the same thing. He loves you so much. The way she said it, I started crying. That's so interesting. I don't know. I would trust a a pet psychic way less than I'd trust a human psychic. Really? Yeah. hundred percent. I'd be like, (laughs) no, you're not a dog. I think it works the same way. So I have a friend who also went to a pet psychic and this person was trying to understand why her dog was, he was just really aggressive and she didn't understand why. And this, the pet psychic was like, okay, what I'm getting right now is feelings of being really confined in a super small space. And I'm seeing like bars in front of me. So what that's telling me is that like your dog was probably kept in a small cage with bars in front of it. And she's like, yeah, you're spot on. He was bred to be like a ring fighting dog. She was like, yeah, you're spot on. I think it's fucking real. So this is humans channeling what what a dog would feel and see and like what Mm -hmm. they're, yeah, it's kind of looking back into their memory or something maybe. Um, Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. I want to hear about these other podcasts because I see, you know, you're talking about like dogs and pets and psychics and how pets are like best friends and we love them so much. And it sparked me to think about your podcast, Kelsey. Do you want to share about it? Oh my God. So I finished this yesterday. It's called twin flames mm-hmm. or twin flame. Have you guys heard of it? Mm-mm. Okay. It's absolutely batshit. It's, it's a really quick listen to it's like, there's like six episodes, but essentially it's this couple, this man and this woman started this, what I would call a multi-marketing or multi-level marketing scheme slash cult slash university to teach people how to channel and find their twin flame and how to, uh, so these people were paying up to, you know, $1,500 per class to be taught how to, who they were given, they were told who their twin flame is and how to get that person to be like their love. Um, It sounds like a cult. (laughs) 
maybe it is a thing. It is a cult for sure. Oh, it is a cult. Like these, this guy is, yes, I am brought here. You know, I, it is my job to show you guys how to find your true love and like this and this and that. I feel really bad for all the people. That shit insane so they have like this one woman who is yeah this one person who continues to speak they have her speak on it and her experience and it's the craziest thing i've ever heard in my life just like how she was and this also happened during the pandemic this was very recent which is cool and yeah like this whole the twin this cult happened during the pandemic yeah no way whoa cool Uh this (laughs) also reminds me of the podcast that i'm interviewing next sounds like a cult It is a, it is an absolute cult. They had this person, I don't want to like spoil too much, but they had people being, oh, this is your twin flame. And it's, even though it's a woman, they're actually more masculine. They're like a masculine energy. So they had this this woman changed genders and yeah, it it, it just gets really, really wild. And these people are just the level, the, I don't know, people will go through some really wild things to uh, find true love. (laughs) I I think just being, I think it's like people will fucking go through wild things to have belonging. And and it's it's sad. Cults are so sad because they prey on like the most innocent of human emotions. Yeah, totally. And they really know how to find everybody's inner child and speak to that inner child so that so that you have to be involved and cults also they they take time to show you their true colors you'll get maybe kind of intrigued and then sucked in and then before you know it you're in really deep and everything you do is kind of intertwined with cult life and then it's it can be really hard to like get out it's your whole life it's your whole community it's your job it's where you live it's what Mm -hmm. you eat sleep and breathe and then how do you leave yeah unless you have your community unless you have your family family on the outside or something like i like especially uh, with these people literally one of the lessons was to remove them from their outside friends and only associate with the people within the classic cult move twin flame university or universe or whatever so wild it sounds like a not as sex-oriented Nexium. Yeah. Yes. Or like Scientology. Switching subjects, but similarly, my podcast is called, that I'm reviewing this week is called Sounds Like a Cult. And I don't think that they've (laughs) talked about this cult, but they are a really wonderful podcast hosted by Issa Medina and Amanda Montel. And they, each episode, cover a really fad or culturally ex- important thing and that is pop in pop culture and they will pick it apart and show how it is a cult in its own way. Ooh. So they have one episode that's about Instagram therapists and the prevalence of that, the cult of, you know, mass following of Instagram therapists and how they profited off of it or how they, you know, got it started in it. And then they kind of yeah, they kind of pick apart how it all works and why it became popular when it did, all that kind of stuff. And then they have an episode on the cult of Trader Joe's. And oh my God. yeah, <laughs> so Molly, so Kelsey, you being the you know fact person and nerd that you are, like we are, and Molly having actually, can I say it? <laughs> yeah, in a cult. Having having actually been in a cult, yeah. you <gasps> have the Stop real it. life experience of yeah. this. <laughs> kind of a show and it's fucking mind I actually really can't um can't 
engage with that kind of media media, very much. It's really hard for me to listen. I mean, I'm really, really intrigued by this podcast and I probably will listen to it, but I'll also have to be really sensitive and I might not listen to the whole thing because it does, it does, it does remind, I just, I, oh gosh, you just know how it feels to be like at your most vulnerable and to feel wooed by all of the best that maybe a cult has to offer yeah. because there are good things. I'm not going to like say that there's not really supportive, tight knit, beautiful community, but there's a big price. And so it's, it's hard for me because yeah, I just don't get, remember that it's hard. Yeah. 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 And people are with family community. That's really strong and healthy. That's very few and far far between, you know? So it makes sense why cults are so attractive and why religion is so attractive to people that don't have the best community. Cults in a big way are just products of our society and that we kind of like our society, we learn that social capital is everything Mm -hmm. and having people, having community and having people on your team and in support of you and that validation, external validation is so important. And so when you're someone like me who really always was like seeking approval and wanting the pat on the back that I'm doing a good job mm-hmm. and how how do I not fail, air quotes, fail at life? Oh, these people are telling me a really awesome way to not fail at life. Cool. I'm going to try it for a while. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, you know, if you're lucky, you realize, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> like, maybe not. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting stuff. Wow. <clears throat> Sounds like a cult. Great. Sounds pod. like a cult. Great pod. Twin Flame, great pod. Um, mediums, great fucking pod. We're really telling you to go down and take a left on we're Cult Alley. You know? Go down. This is some Cult Alley, but you know, and cult. I think we're probably gonna do talk more. Laura and I are gonna talk more about books next week. Yeah. But we really want to give Kelsey an opportunity to branch oh, wow. into a subject that we actually have not talked about on the pod before because neither Laura or I owns really a gaming console. Mm -hmm. I think we're both intrigued by games Mm -hmm. and we would maybe love to be able to do it, but it's like, I don't even know where to start. To be honest. I'm like, do I get a Nintendo? I don't know. I have a history with games because of the way I was raised um, with my brother. uh, But I don't currently play video games. I was playing more when I had like a Sega Genesis, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm talking 1999, 2000. So when we were kids, I mean, when I was a kid, we had first, we had Nintendo mm-hmm. before I was born. Then I came along in 1990 and we had Super Nintendo. Cool stuff. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yep. Yoshi's Island was my favorite game <gasps> of all time. Donkey Kong. Yeah. But then, and then it was like N64 mm-hmm. and play, first PlayStation. And they got more expensive. And they got more expensive. Yeah. And then. And the, I got older. So my parents were we like, got, buy it yourself. Yeah. With your hard earned allowance or job. <laughs> And and then we didn't. Yeah. So all of this is to say, Kelsey, we were excited for you to talk a little bit about game stuff to our game noob background. Yeah. <laughs> ha ha. All right. Let me start out. Well, I grew up with a brother, um, but we were both very intrigued in video games. We had an N64, X, uh, PlayStation. Anyways, I didn't really dive deep into gaming until my like long-term boyfriend, this was when I was dating men. (laughs) Um, Those times. (laughs) Yeah. Good times. But he, so he got this video game called dark souls. Right. Mm. And he was, this is the hardest game. One of the hardest games that's ever been, you know, put out, which it, it very much is. And I would watch him play it 
me and my Aries competitive nature, I'm like, I could do that. That's, I could probably do that better. Anytime he would lose or die, I'd be like, no, let me try it. (laughs) So eventually I ended up buying a PS4 and then he got me the game and it got to a point where I would bring my TV and my PS4 over to his house and we would just play side by side together. Relationship goals. Yeah, Um, honestly. um, (laughs) Also, I love that you were backseat driving before you started playing. Yeah. yeah. You're like, actually, fuck (laughs) you. Let me get my own. Yeah. I'm like, I can do this better than you. I promise. So Dark Souls, right? Okay. That led to a whole... Oh my gosh, deep dive into video game land, The Last of Us, which is a, absolutely one of the most beautiful games ever. It combines movies and you know what? I, we actually uh, discussed it in one of my film classes when I was in college, this video game, The Last of Us, because it's so cinematic and that's storytelling. Um, and it's also very queer. The main character is very gay. Love her, Angel. Um, but they're they're actually creating this video game. They're making a series on HBO, which I am so sorry. That is such an awesome thing about the, the later aughts that's happening is that it's becoming pretty normal frequently for movie franchises or TV shows to come out based on games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's also in the second one, so The Last of Us 2 came out, uh, I think last year, there's a, a trans character. It was like, cool. oh my fucking God. And like, like, oh my God, queer people are fucking alive and included and right here. <laughs> it, truly it's it's so funny one of the dlcs for this game What's they had it, mm, i don't know the like actual full ever but it's like they released it was like extra content essentially and they released this whole aspect on small little side quest storyline um on the on valentine's day and it revolves mm-hmm. this this queer woman and this side story well this game is it, it all it's like an apocalyptic universe zombies um but it's it's very realistic as it all revolves around spores and mushrooms spores have caused this outbreak of just zombie fungus zombies wow. and this this girl who she's she's been she was bitten but she's wasn't affected so she's the cure essentially the only yeah like they want to study on her but the only way to study on her is to kill her and they don't the main characters no i won't let that happen Right. The father figure. Um, it sounds dark. It's fucking dark, dude. And it's so, it, you span all across the country. You you end up in like Denver, Colorado, and there's zoo animals because it's like everything is overgrown and plantation. And it's Whoa. just, it's stunning. Stunning. What is this game called? The Last, the Last of, of Us. The Last of Us. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited. Beautiful. It's cool too, because I don't know. I feel like the video game industry was really male dominated and probably still is in a lot of ways, really male dominated. Um, But it's really cool to hear that like, there's this game that has like queer representation and I'm just like, I think that's awesome. And I think that the gaming industry is really changing to be so much more inclusive of people who are neurodivergent, queer, femme. Yeah. Any of our listeners, if you know any (laughs) podcasts about gaming that are hosted by queer people or femme people. Cool. Um, gaming worlds. Oh yeah, I could I could go on about gaming forever. Um, maybe I should start that podcast. You oh. should start, start that start podcast. podcast. Huh. And then huh. we will um, recommend you on somewhat decent reviews. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thanks for coming to uh, our pod, Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey, um, it's been real. I love to talk to you guys. I could do it all day. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for uh, joining us on Somewhat Decent Reviews. Yeah. This is Laura. And this is Molly. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Somewhat Decent Reviews and let us know what you think. And also tell us what we should be reviewing. Thanks, everybody. Bye.